0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now, here's your host, Chad Dotson.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 238 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again, your friend and mine, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason Linden? I am doing pretty good. How are you today, Chad Dawson? Oh, I'm telling you, just uh, amazing. I just I've been so I've been really just bursting with excitement all day knowing that I got to talk to you tonight. Well, I would expect so. I mean, you apparently did two episodes of the podcast without me. And <laughs> so
0: I assume that ratings just plummeted.
1: Well, we're not going to talk about our numbers, Jason, but welcome back. There's a reason you're back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, you know, it's uh, a fun time of year and uh Reds Fest is right around the corner. I, I, that's actually something I wanted to mention before we got into the, There's a little bit of news this week for us to talk about, and some some kind of exciting news. If you're a Reds fan, and if you're not a Reds fan, I'm really not sure why you're listening to this podcast. Really weird choice. Really odd uh, use of your time. So um, Reds Fest is going on this week, and it'll be happening. This thing this uh, will be posted up on Friday morning, so it's happening today for a lot of you. If you're listening to it on the day it's released, Saturday, Friday and Saturday the Duke Energy uh, Center downtown Cincinnati and have you ever been to Reds Fest Jason? I have not. No. Oh, you need to go. Uh, every Reds fan needs to go at least once. Maybe just once, but it's really a, a genuinely first-class uh, sort of celebration of, of Reds fandom is the way I put it. And I, I think uh, it I think everyone should uh, at least once in your life attend. This year there's an even better reason to attend. And I'm going to ask all of our our dedicated, loyal listeners of Red Leg Nation Radio to come out and see me and Chris Garber uh, from 12 to 2 p.m. We're going to be at the uh, Reds Hall of Fame booth on Saturday, December 1st, at Reds Fest from 12 to 2 p.m. Signing copies of uh, the Big 50, the Men and Moments that made the Cincinnati Reds. So um, it's time to be picking up those uh, copies of the book for... uh, uh, your your holiday gifts because it uh, makes a great gift for, for Reds fans. And so come out, see us. We'll talk about, uh, you know, certain players that we like and don't like. We will uh, sign some books, have a good time. So you need so, to go sometime, Jason.
0: Just, just so everyone is aware, don't go get your book signed by Chad unless you're prepared to hear him trash talk Scooter Jeanette.
1: Now, why would you do that? Do what? You're trying to get me killed. Hey. I'm still serving up vengeance, man. <laughs> Listen, what if Scooter comes over to me? Because uh, he's going to be there. Well. and he, What if he's upset with me? That's that's the re- the price you pay for the horrible things that you said. I'll tell you this right here and now, Jason Linden. I'm avoiding Hunter Green like the plague this weekend. <laughs> Not going anywhere near him. Wise choice. Wise <laughs> choice. Wise choice indeed. Hey, let's talk Reds. Some- let's talk Reds. Pretty big news uh, today, uh, and it comes from this guy, John Heyman. And if those, you know Heyman, he's he's John Heyman. But yeah. anyway, he uh, he reported, and I'll just read, read what it said. The Reds are said to be, quote, all over Dallas Keuchel, which is kind of strange terminology. But apparently Cincinnati believes that he is a fit for a small bar- ballpark such as Great America. The Reds' ballpark is called Great America, according to John Heyman. So... You know, I- uh, win them all yeah Dallas Keuchel what do you think about Dallas Keuchel
0: I think that he is the pitcher that I want the Reds to sign more than literally any other pitcher
1: he's a guy that you and I talked about extensively uh, a while back
0: yeah he's he's the guy I'm 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 ready for Dallas Keuchel Uh,
1: I I think that uh, there's some points here first of all he's gonna be 31 this season yeah and that's old it's older than well, me. Yeah. But it's, but I mean,
0: you know He's that's good. how it is with the free agents. Yes. Like, if you've got money to spend, then spend it. Like you're you're not gonna if if there's a pitcher who comes on the market with Keiko like numbers and they're twenty seven, you're gonna you better be ready to pay him thirty or forty million a year.
1: And the projections are somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty million a year, as I understand it. So, I mean, that's how much he costs.
0: Deal right. with it. Yeah.
1: Each batter, empty out
0: your farm system to get somebody who's just as risky.
1: Right. Here, here's what I said about uh, about Keichel. when we were talking earlier today, and my thoughts were: Okay, first of all, four years, eighty million dollars for him. Do you go that far? And a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, thirty-one year old pitcher," and then next thing you hear is Homer Bailey. And, uh, and my point is that look at the free agent market. Are you going to find anyone that's similarly talented to Dallas Keuchel who's going to sign for less than that? I, mean, oh. I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think you will. Yeah. Um, I think that's a sort of a reasonable contract for a guy that could be expected to produce what Dallas Keuchel is going to produce. And so at some point you either pay it, or you just acknowledge that we're never playing in the uh, deep end of the pool. Yep. That we're yep. not going to play on the same playing field as other teams. That's yeah. that, that's what you're saying to me.
0: And, you know, one thing that I, I just am constantly going to say, and I'm because everybody always wants to be like, well, the Reds can't afford this or the Reds can't afford that. None of us have seen the Reds books. So we don't know what they can afford. Every, every owner Talks like he's running it like it's a like he's running the team like it's a nonprofit, and I don't think that any of them do. But none of us has seen the books, so yeah, they're playing the deep end of the pool or do
1: Right, and and if if it's actually true that the Reds can't afford a guy like this, if they can't afford to go out and get a pitcher to help the team, then I think I'm probably done here. Yeah, um, I don't believe that it's true. Number one, but if it were true, then why are we wasting our time? You cannot tell me. Now again, as we always say, the Reds may not be able to convince Keiko to come to Cincinnati. We don't know what's gonna happen. Right. But it looks to me like they believe uh, you know, that they're in the market to spend that kind of money. And yes. his ground ball rate was really good, uh it's it has been good his whole career, fifty over fifty three percent last year. But he is thirty one and uh he has been relatively relatively durable. You know, for a pitcher in this day and age. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I think he's he's precisely the type of pitcher the Reds should be looking to get. They should be looking to go trade, and we'll talk about uh, possible trade targets as well. But this is the guy that was the top of uh, you and I, both, both of our lists, Going into the off season, really glad to see because of the he throws ground balls and because that's such a perfect fit for Great American Ballpark yeah. and he's a guy that can have success and he's projected to still be pretty good the next uh, few years. So I don't know. Hash Brown get the pitching. Yes, Hash Brown get the pitching. Indeed, indeed do. Now you you started to make a point there. I'm not sure you really went into it in depth. Which is that at some point you got to pay. And so, even overpay, right? If if you're gonna, if you're going to go out and get a pitcher, if you're
0: going to do it, do it. Like the, the the market's what the market is what the market is, and sometimes you're going to sign big contracts and they're going to work out, aka Joey Votto. Sometimes you're going to sign big contracts and they're not going to work out, aka Homer Bailey. That whatever it happens, that that's it. Do it or don't. But I'm tired. At this point, if the Reds don't do it this this offseason, then I just
1: assume it's never going to happen. Yes. But the, the the good news, you know, hey, they're all over Dallas Keuchel. Apparently so. Apparently they are Yeah,
0: and and you know, in that in that same article, it was also mentioned that they are they are interested in other pitchers. It, it kind of sounds like Keuchel is their first choice, and if they can't get Keuchel, then they're going to go after some other guys, yeah. um, and great. I mean, do it, get it done. Just get, get, get some. Pit. The only thing that did kind of, I don't know if disturb me is the right word, but it gave me pause is that the the Reds are also reportedly very interested
1: in bringing Matt Harvey back. Let's give. Hey, how about this? Matt Harvey, four years, eighty million. No. 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 Eighty million peanuts. No. Did you, did you think I meant dollars? Oh well, if it's
0: peanuts, maybe,
1: yeah, uh, did it say that i I missed that it, it really yeah Harvey. That, that could, could it, that could be heyman just it could be,
0: but I mean, it's not the first time we've heard that. I don't necessarily have a problem with Matt Harvey as, like the number four starter, like if they get Dallas Keichel and Matt Harvey, and those are the two acquisitions, I'm probably not gonna gripe that much,
1: yeah, it's not gonna uh, be what we uh, hope for, but it's also uh. It's also not that bad.
0: Yeah, honestly, if they get Keuchel, I'm I'm not going to complain. I'm with Har- with
1: Harvey. You just have to go ahead and and uh, just concede that he's a back of the rotation guy. If you do that, I'm fine. I, I really don't. Yeah. I truly don't mind yeah. having and, him. And he's one of those. He's one of those
0: guys. It seems to me, at least at the moment, that he is a back of the rotation guy with this like not large but non-zero chance of maybe being something more. Um, you know, kind of like a, a a kind of strange lottery ticket where there's a fair chance you'll win $10 and a very, very tiny chance you'll win a million dollars. Um,
1: yeah. Well, we thought he was a lottery ticket this year when the Reds got him for almost free from the Mets and then refused Bob Castellini wouldn't let him let the Reds uh, trade him at the, at the all-star break or the trade deadline. Um, so maybe it's a, a different type of lottery ticket this time around, but I can't say that I'm not interested to see. I, don't, I wouldn't do it. I, I'm not. Gonna go, I'm not giving a whole lot of dollars to, to Matt Harvey, but I would be interested to see what the new pitching coach Derek Johnson c- can do with with Matt Harvey. I, I will say this, regardless, just because the last season was
0: so interesting to watch him. You know, just as a as a baseball fan watching a player kind of try to figure things out. Regardless of where Matt Harvey pitches this year, I'm just interested to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. He's a good story. He's an interesting story to watch,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, one way or another. I don't know if I necessarily
1: need to watch him on the Reds, but we'll see. So, uh, yeah, Keichel and and Harvey, but I'm hoping for someone else. But, you know, Keichel, we're talking about a guy that's made a couple All-Star teams, one a Cy Young, one I think four gold gloves, if that, that means anything to you as a pitcher and, uh, you know, semi durable left-hander, uh, you know, just five years ago, he had five complete games. Whoa. That's impossible to dream of these days. So, pretty, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I just love the fact that the Reds are actually uh, trying to, uh, hash Brown get anyway. Um, there's also a big talk here today of, uh, Thor, as they call him, Noah Sindergaard for the Mets, is evidently uh, the Mets are really pushing hard to try to trade him. And uh, so if you're asking me for my ideal offseason, it's sign Dallas Keuchel and trade for Noah Sindergaard. Yeah, that would be all right. (laughs) Would you accept that? Is that acceptable to you?
0: I would accept that. I mean, I would not trade anybody. Like, you know, they're – Syndergaard has had enough injury issues that I don't think I'd park – I'm not sure if I'd park with Nick Senzel for him, but just about anybody else
1: in the system, yeah. I think I would trade Nick Senzel for him.
0: I just – I feel like with him there's enough of a chance that he pitches like 70 innings over the next three years that I don't know that I'm quite willing to make that gamble personally. But I
1: agree, but he was a four-win player last year. He was. Yeah. Um he's going to be 26 this coming year. Yep. He's under team control until 2022. Yep. I mean it's tough. It's it, yeah, I, I,
0: I like you can go either you, way. If you asked me on a different day I might give you a different answer. You know, it's
1: it's that kind of thing. Sure, uh-huh. yeah. Um it's it would be it would be risky in some ways. But uh, don't don't the rest need to take a few risks? And I love Nick Senzel.
0: They do, they do. But it's it's also one of those situations where okay here, let's let's ask a question. Let's let's play a game. You wanna play a game? Sure, I love games. So you have the following choice. Okay. Okay. You can have Nick Senzel in your center field, okay? I'm listening. And a rotation of let's say Keuchel... Castillo, Disco, Molly and Harvey. Or you can have Hamilton in center field and a rotation of Keuchel, Sindergaard, Castillo, Discofani, Molly. Which one do you want?
1: Um Hamilton in center field and Sindergaard as the ace. See, I'm yeah, I'm I'm not sure that I'm because just because of the, yeah. of the free risk. No, I, I think it's completely reasonable, your position on it. I, I really do. And I'm like you on a different day, and I may have even said this uh, at some time, but the more I look at him and realize he's under team control and he's a legitimate ace. Keuchel's probably not a legitimate ace anymore. But he's a solid number two guy on a good team. And yeah. so, so if you add those two guys, I just feel like the Reds' offense was acceptable last year. If you can add two legitimate one-two starters – all of a sudden, this becomes a really interesting team. And uh, now, you know, it's, you're not going to have Nick Senzel for the next, um, you know, how many years. Of course, Nick Senzel may not even be up with the Reds next year. He's probably – he'll probably be in the AAA for another couple of years. So, what, what are you giving up? You're giving yeah. up a minor league guy. Yeah, you don't believe that. Sigh. <laughs> so, it's a, tough, it's a tough call. I mean, it really is. I, I just think that I would – of course, now we're talking about uh, – Nick Senzel straight up for Noah Syndergaard and I, yeah, I don't have any idea what it would take to pry Syndergaard away because you're probably going to have a lot of suitors for him and so you're probably going to have to up the ante. I, well, no, though no, I will say this.
0: I would maybe do a straight up trade but if, if you want Nick Senzel, that's all you're getting. Because just purely in value terms, purely in value terms, I I'm, I, I kind of think Nick Senzel is a good bet to be worth more over the life of the control that the team will get him, than Cindergard is.
1: Again, that's not unreasonable.
0: Yeah, because because with Nick Senzel you're getting six, or if you do what most teams are likely to do, seven years of team control. Mm-hmm. And and with Cindergard you're getting three. And I think Nick Senzel is going to be an all star. So you know, seven years of control, four or five of which are probably all star seasons. That's a lot
1: a lot or an ace for four seasons while you still have Joey Votto here yeah you know being Joey Votto uh, it's a win now move there's no doubt about that
0: yeah I, it's tough It's but you know those are one of those like the rare things where it seems like kind of maybe a good problem
1: to have which good player do we theoretically want I think tra- I think I would trade uh, Sinzel and, uh, and Trammell
0: no, no way. I would not do that. That's, an, that's too much of an overpay. That,
1: that too hot of a take for you there, Jason Linden?
0: Hot of a take for me, Chad. Oh, I don't
1: know. I think I might if, do
0: it. If Cindergard hadn't pitched so few innings in like 2017, maybe.
1: But, no. What about Hunter Green and Taylor Trammell? Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. Well, I don't know about that because Hunter Green is never getting injured again. I'm, predict- Probably not, but- I'm predicting it now.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But Hunter Green could turn out to be a much more valuable player than Nixon Zell. He has a higher ceiling. I I don't believe anyone would argue with that.
0: I I would not argue with that, but, you know, uh, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect as it goes.
1: That's a fact. So, anyway, it's really interesting to see that the Reds are – and actually, the reports about the Trading North Syndergaard – the Reds weren't listed as one of the teams uh, sort of in the market, but it was more of a, you know, here are teams that might be interested. I don't think it was any real reporting. I think it was from uh, Major League Baseball trade rumors, and I just don't know that it was that much. Uh, yeah. You know, it was just a, hey, this team could use him, and this uh, the Yankees will try to go for him, and, you know, et cetera. So, um, I don't know, man. I just like the fact that we're talking about some of this stuff. This is what you and I were begging for last offseason and got none of it. You'll get nothing like it. Let's see what we can get, shall we? I agree. Let me tell you someone the Reds are not going to have this year. Can I tell you? Tell me. A young man named uh, Dilson Herrera. You ever heard of him? I have heard of him. Just before we uh, began recording, I saw the news that the New York Mets announced they've signed Dilson Herrera to a minor league deal with an invitation to mi- major league camp. That's going to work out for them. it it is going to work out for him. That's
0: people. I've been saying it for a while. People are sleeping on Herrera. Um, And, and it tells you something that the Mets, which are the organization that traded him to the Reds when they saw they could get him, they got him.
1: Yeah. They know him. They know him well, but what, what, what really sticks in my crawl, Jason to coin a phrase The Reds got exactly 97 big league plate appearances in exchange for Jay Bruce. Yeah. They got nothing for Jay Bruce. They gave him away. Not that he was some kind of huge. Yeah. You know, but they could have had Brandon Nemo. That was the report. And they backed off him. They got Dilson Herrera, who, you know, I don't know. Dilson Herrera. 297, 367 on base, 465 slugging in AAA this year. <laughs> I know he's a second baseman that can't play much of anywhere else, maybe some third. Um, uh, he could probably play a corner outfield spot if they'd ever you know, if they'd ever let him work out there. They put him in left field for the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, he the guy didn't even own a, a glove. Had to borrow someone's glove to play outfield. I mean, it's really just a, a disaster the way that everything's gone with Herrera. And you know what? Yeah. He's still only 24 years old. He is still only
0: twenty four years old, and everybody I've ever talked to about him is a fan.
1: Yeah, I mean this is
0: like when we talk about makeup and and stuff like that. He's known to have an excellent makeup,
1: and he can flat hit. He's always hit. It's just been can he stay healthy? Um, Yeah. Can he play defense? But the kid can flat out hit. There's just no question about it. And this is probably one of these uh, you know deals that. a year from now, we're like, eh, that turned into nothing. You know, what's the big deal? Yeah, they lost Dilson Hurt. you know, it's a possibility, but man, there's a non-zero chance, and I think, uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that he becomes um, a, uh, you know, at least a productive. I don't know if he's going to be a he'll, starter, he'll but a,
0: a solid everyday player right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's a big leaguer, and uh,
0: I, I, I will file this under under things that I'm going to be right about.
1: Well, that's not a very big file.
0: Well, it, it, but it includes some very, some very uh, outstanding calls. Um, no, Herrera is going to be—he's legit. He's—he might, you know, he's—he's he's never going to win an MVP or anything like that. But I won't be surprised if he makes an All-Star
1: team or two. He's—he's uh, he's just got to stay healthy. He's, yeah. If he stays healthy, he'll he'll, he'll hit enough, and he gotten the get has to get in the right uh, spot where he can actually get a shot to play second base every single day. And if he does yep. that, I do I, I agree. I think he'll be uh, productive. Let's see if that's going to be for the New York or somewhere else. But yeah, the Reds got nothing for Jay Bruce or old buddy Jay Bruce. So anyway, I thought you might have some thoughts because you have long been a uh, Dilson Herrera fan.
0: I, I have yeah, and I think he's like I said. We'll we'll see. Let's we'll we'll check in again on him in August, but I, I think he's going to be a, a good addition for the Mets.
1: The Reds should sign Dallas Keuchel right now and then have him at Reds Fest. Boy, that would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be wild? That would be awesome. Yeah, I won't avoid him. Maybe they should trade. No, I'm not going to suggest trading Hunter Green. Never mind. Um, let's uh, see other news this week. The Reds finished filling out their. Uh, coaching staff, and a uh, little surprised uh, in some ways, uh, pleasantly and uh, maybe not so pleasantly. But the Reds named uh, Freddie Benavides bench coach, so he's going to stick with the Reds. Uh, not just a solid name, but now also the bench coach for the Reds. Yeah, um, new first base coach for uh, Cincinnati, Delino De Shields, a name familiar to all of us, former manager at Louisville, yeah. obviously. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of bringing him onto the major league coaching staff yeah you, uh, and you've had a lot of interaction
0: with the lineder Shields, right yeah I have had a lot of interaction with them, and I, I know that not everybody is the biggest fan and and i mean if i'm if I'm offering my honest assessment, I'm not wild about his in game strategy, but as a first base coach, that's not really going to be his charge and but players really really like him like they really like playing for him he he strikes me in some ways as kind of a Dusty Baker type, where he he is good at motivating players, um, and and so I think he'll be a good clubhouse presence to have. I do. I can also tell you from ex, from experience and interacting with him that he is more open minded than he gets credit for. for yeah. it. He will try things, um, and so you know people are you know people you know with with David Bell and sort of the hope that people have that he he'll take the reds in a particular direction, you know, sort of sabermetrically or whatever might kind of be worried about that. I wouldn't necessarily, I think, uh, I think Deshields is, is, he's usually willing to at least like give things a chance and, and he might not decide about things the way that you or I would, but, but he will, he'll take a look at things. He's, he's an open-minded guy.
1: Well, the point is you may not like his in-game strategy, but really who cares? He's, He's, he's the first base coach. Uh, yeah. he's, he's not, uh, you know, he's not going to, what, what's he going to be doing? He's going to be a guy that has to be a, you know, a coach, but that has to be the, the sort of, you know, the players have to like playing for him. He's going to have some input, but, uh, you know, I trust that the Reds have guys ahead of him on the chain that are going to be making the decisions. And you know, if, if he's a guy that's popular amongst the players, I don't see any problems with it. I mean, he's clearly a, a good enough coach and, and the fact that he's built, worked his way all the way to. Uh, you know the high minors and to the majors, um, and he was a good yeah. player. It's been what ten years
0: in the Reds system as a, as a manager?
1: Yeah, no, he's he's paid his dues, and I, I really don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, we sort of talked that we wanted uh, the Reds to kind of you know cut you know cut it pull the bandaid off, I guess, and not really bring back guys that uh, had been here before, but. I don't have a problem with that. I don't really have a problem with Freddie Benavides as the bench coach. What do I know? I, I imagine Benavides must have been on David Bell's staff. Uh, I, I need—I should probably look that up before I go ahead and say that. But uh, with uh, uh, when David Bell was managing in the Reds organization in Double yeah, so that's, yeah. So to, you know him. Him having him as the bench coach—that's you know I don't have a problem with that. Lee Tunnel, new bullpen coach, which is uh, you know I guess kind of interesting in in the sense that. Tunnel uh, had spent the last 10 seasons with the Brewers and was the, the Brewers bullpen coach serving under uh, current pitching coach, new Reds pitching coach, Derek Johnson. So he's bringing a guy that he's familiar with and that had done, you know, they'd done a pretty good job with the uh, Milwaukee pitching staff. But, but here's the most interesting one to me. And I want to ask you about this one. They hired Jeff Pickler, good name, Jeff Pickler as the game planning and outfield coach the yep. game planning and outfield coach that that is an interesting title isn't it it's fascinating to me I and mean, this is a new this is a new thing now some other clubs have done this but yeah um this is something completely new to cincinnati and i'm fascinated by it yeah um, the last two years pickler was with the minnesota twins uh on their uh major league coaching staff and uh, he, here's what he did there. Oversaw outfield instruction, advised all coaches and players on game preparation and strategy, and coordinated communication between the major league staff and player development. And uh, he, he had a, uh, uh, some comments about moving from the, the Twins to the Reds. The Twins had offer, offered him a job. They tried to keep him. They wanted him to remain as a senior advisor in the front office. And uh, he said, you know, that, that plus the groundwork we've laid the last couple of years in Minnesota made, made this a tough decision. But ultimately, the chance to stay on the field and my belief in what David Bell wants to build with the Reds made this an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Um, again, David Bell. Uh, uh, game planning coach. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not quite yeah. sure what that means, but I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what it means either, but I like it. I do too. I mean, you know, it's it's a different level of, uh, you know, uh, when you think game planning. What did Jim Riggleman do in terms of game planning? Played it by the gut, you know, uh-huh. um, and the traditional uh, is just you leave it to the manager to sort of play it by yeah you know, by his gut. <laughs> I don't know. I just I like I like the direction that things are going this year, man. Uh, we haven't gotten any pet players yet and so no, no, if they can if
0: they can just as you say hash brown get the pitching then uh
1: yeah all their all their decisions on in the coach in terms of the coaching staff i'm happy with all of them you know Derek Johnson's pitching coach Turner Ward hitting coach um and then now these today uh with Benavides DeShields, Tunnel and Pickler um so you know uh, just really uh really interesting to me uh, also interesting is that uh Billy Hatcher. You remember Billy Hatcher?
0: I do remember Billy Hatcher.
1: He played for the world champion wire-to-wire 1990
0: Reds. He did.
1: Yeah, he had a good World Series.
0: He, he really did.
1: Yeah, he I got a hit in his first 40 at-bats or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah i was have to look it up. I don't know. I wish there was a book that talked about that World Series. Yeah, um, alas, there isn't. So. Alas, there's not one. Billy Hatcher will return to the organization as a minor league outfield and base running coordinator, which seems to me just like, Billy, you're sort of a, a special member of the Reds family. We're going to keep you employed, you know. Yeah, uh, It'll be interesting to see if he catches on somewhere else, because he's, uh, he's been on the Reds' uh, big league staff, I didn't realize this, the last 13 seasons. Has he really? Yes. That, I couldn't wow. believe that when I saw that. So. Yeah. Do you have any uh, overall overarching thoughts about the Reds uh, coaching staff now that it's pretty much filled out? I'm pretty happy
0: with it. I mean, I'm not after the last few off-seasons, I'm not used to saying things like this, but I I kind of just give it an unqualified thumbs up so far.
1: I just um, like that they went outside the organization and interviewed people and are trying to bring in quality guys from other organizations that have that do things differently, so they're getting some different perspectives than we usually see. It's it really
0: it,
1: yeah it kind of seems like they're like okay
0: well let's make sure that we get the best people for the job and sometimes maybe that's somebody who's already with us so we'll keep that guy around and sometimes it's not so then we'll bring that guy in like you know it's 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 also good to it's good to know to be able to identify the people in your organization who are strong and valuable assets Right. Yes. As as you can also identify the places where you need to bring in stronger assets.
1: And, and the Reds, it looks like they did a little bit of uh, naval gazing uh, in terms yeah. of the organization. And they, you know, some some guys let's bring them back because, you know, the Reds have been a garbage uh, team on the field. But not everyone that's been employed by them is, uh, you know, incapable of uh, doing his job. But most of the people they brought in are people from elsewhere. And so I think it's a really a, it appears from the outside to be a really comprehensive organization. Uh, look at the organization and I just love the idea of bringing in guys from several different organizations now that have seen the way other successful organizations do things. And so they can bring all these ideas to the table rather, rather than the reds just doing what they've been doing.
0: Also from other organizations who apparently are trying, um, really hard to keep the guys that the reds are
1: getting. Yes. Isn't that an interesting thing that with several of these guys You know, Pickler, Turner Ward, uh, Derek Johnson. uh, We get reports of their teams really trying hard to hang on to them. That says a lot to me. Man. But if the Reds don't, uh, you know, hash Brown, get the pitching, it's not going to mean anything. If they don't improve the roster, we're all going to be like, well, they made some good decisions with the coaching staff, but who cares because, you know, you still got – Ultimately, you need players who can get it done. Yeah. Like Tim Adelman,
0: right? (coughs) Tim Adelman.
1: Tim Melville, Tim oh. Burstus. Oh, my goodness. Lots of Timmy's. Timmy. All right. <laughs> so, anyway, so far so good. The, uh, you know... I, I guess the winter meeting is going to be coming up and hopefully there're going to be some things going on and the Reds are all over Dallas. Keuchel. and they just uh, but I'm just on the edge of my seat waiting for them to pull the trigger on an actual player acquisition to get us all excited. But I do kind of feel like something is going to happen this winter.
0: I do too. And you know, I think one of the things that we might unfortunately be forced to do is is wait a minute because I think probably a lot of these top free agents that the Reds are after are kind of like letting everybody put a bid in, you know what I mean? Like,
1: and, and, and some of those guys are uh, late to go off the the market because they're waiting to see what other guys get, so they know how yeah. to price themselves. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, it may, it's not going to be tomorrow, and they're not going to have Dallas Keuchel at Reds Fest. But man, but it could it could be well, if they overwhelm him, I mean, you know, overwhelm him Reds,
0: please. Why not? not overwhelm like somebody, please. Just come on.
1: You know they could have named me the game planning coach.
0: They could have. I uh, you you
1: plan things. You plan this podcast. See, yeah, I uh, I planned uh, the way I was going to play uh, MLB the show back in the day when I used to play that game. So that's game planning.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. You're you're first in line if, if current game planning guy Pickler doesn't work out. <laughs> the game planning guy. I love it.
1: From now on, we're going to call Jeff Pickler the game planning guy. I cannot wait to find out what that actually means. In terms of uh, how uh, things are conducted on the field, you know, I'm really, I'm, it's exciting. It's different. The Reds are trying different things rather than just the same old, same old. Oh, Jason, what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive. Hey, you want to answer some viewer mail questions? I, I would love to answer some listener mail questions. Oh, no, no, no. We don't have that segment, but we do have a segment here on Red Leg Nation Radio called Viewer Mail. And here on viewer mail, we uh, try to answer as many of your questions as we can. If you want to get your question on the podcast, here are your uh, instructions. Number one, email me, Chad Dotson at redlegnation.com. That's how you, that's how you send me uh, uh, viewer mail questions that, uh, that we can try to answer. Number two, I, this is a new request. I'm going to ask you to keep it short. Keep it pithy, as they say. Keep it, you know, uh, I know. I appreciate all of you sending these long emails, but it's really tough for get, us to get the longer ones on. So, you know, a uh, you know, quick, uh, quick question makes it easier for you to get your question on the air here at Red Leg Nation Radio. Uh, Jason, I see you've just logged into our viewer mail document. Oh, I'm logged in. All right. Well, I, the first uh, question that we have here, actually, I, I put it up here just for you specifically. So let me go ahead and read it. It's from our buddy Hunter Jelf which frankly is probably the best name we've ever said on red leg nation radio. Best name? Besides Jason Linden. No, wasn't. No, I no. can't think of anyone else that might have a better name than Hunter Jelf. Not anybody, not even any pictures. Hmm. There's one that I'm kind of thinking of. Who are you thinking of Chad? About, about 5% as, as far as I can tell, about 5% of our audience right now is getting really upset. And the rest are pretty happy about it because I've gotten really good feedback. Liz Alberto Bonilla. There it is. I'm disappointed I never went to uh, Red's Fest when Bonilla was here. Tried to get a picture with him. (laughs) If I get a picture with Bonilla, that's going to be like the the cover picture for our uh, podcast. Uh, All right, Hunter. Hunter says, oh, and again, Hunter, I love you, buddy, but come on. Uh, He said, hi guys, sorry, but I have to side with Jason on the listener-mail-viewer-mail war. Is it really a war? Oh, it's a war. It's kind of like a war. I have to side with Jason on the listener-mail-viewer-mail war because, as a fellow Kentucky English teacher, my sympathies lie with him. Anyway, uh, my question is about what to do with Brandon Finnegan. After his disastrous 2018 campaign in both Cincinnati and Louisville, Do you think that Derek Johnson and the newly hired Lee Tunnel could revitalize him? And would you give him a shot in spring training to earn a spot in the bullpen? Anyways, thanks for the great content. The world's most dangerous podcast is always a part of my Friday commute. Thanks for the kind words, Hunter. And uh, this is a question we've not discussed that I think is a really interesting question. If you want to go ahead and uh, and dive in, you can, or I'll I'll be happy to address it.
0: I would love to dive in on this. And first, I would like to to thank Hunter for for his (laughs) wisdom and appropriately assessing this segment as listener mail.
1: You're a traitor, Hunter. Yeah, no, keep, keep,
0: keep on keeping on Hunter. <laughs> um, now, I mean, sure. You give Brandon Finnegan a shot. I, I think one of the issues with Finnegan or one of the things about Finnegan is you're going to know pretty quickly if he's got it or if he doesn't. Um, I also think that at this point it's all, it's up to Brandon Finnegan. Um, you know, different coaching might help to some extent, but he's got to make a decision. Uh, and, and he, you know, he's, he's got to, he's, He's got to make progress himself, and and we'll see if he does that or not. He might, and he might not. Um, But he is basically, at this point, he's he's an afterthought, and he's got to make himself not an afterthought.
1: Yes, I agree with that 100%, but I would say this, that uh, he's certainly, to me, in the mix for a bullpen position. And while he's, uh, I guess, technically an afterthought, I don't think he's too far off. We're talking about a guy that was a first-round draft pick. Um, who is just going to be 26 years old next year and has a live enough arm that he's been, uh, you know, had success at times. He's not a starter, not going to be a starter, and uh, he's just going to have to accept that he's a uh, a reliever. Negative uh, 0.7 wins above replacement last year. Uh, that there's your there's your answer. But negative uh, <laughs> 0.7 in just five games in the major leagues, and but also a disaster in the minors. But I'm not ready to, to write him off. I'm hopeful that uh, the new regime can uh, you know can see something that can help him and that he's open-minded enough you're exactly right that it's on him at this point um he's got to come into this off season and into next season uh, ready to work ready to uh, be receptive to coaching and I'm not saying that he hasn't been but at this point what does he have to lose and uh, but he's got a live enough arm to me that he can be a shutdown reliever i mean i'm I'm not kidding I I can see a an alternate universe where he is Craig Kimbrell. Is that crazy? No, not at all. He's just got to do it. He's just got to do it. And uh, he is going to be completely an afterthought if uh, he doesn't have some success soon. But uh, love Brandon Finnegan's arm, and uh, and I, I think you're absolutely right, Hunter. He's a real guy that's going to be fun to watch. Well, I hope he's fun to watch, but he's going to be interesting to watch under the new... Uh, Derek johnson uh, regime so thanks for the question uh, hunter uh, you're still a traitor, though um craig thompson our next question is from craig thompson who emailed us at uh, chad dotson at com. we're in the midst of quite the off season the reds have hired an exciting young manager an all-universe pitching coach a well-regarded hitting coach and just today a shiny new third base coach that seems to come with an accordion file full of references um did we talk about the third base coach I think we did. Um, let me pull that back up. Good grief. Because I'm drawing a complete blank now.
0: Chad likes to likes to tease me when I have to look up statistics during the <laughs> podcast. And here he is looking up coaches. Now, we're going to ignore the fact that I have absolutely no idea what the name of the new third
1: base coach is. I've read all about it, and we didn't talk about it. Um, good grief. Um, let's see here. In sports, we shall be named Chadley
0: Brown. Yes. Chadley Brown. Chadley? Chadley Brown. Yeah, no thanks. Oh, yes,
1: J.R. House. Right, J.R. House. Oh, right, yeah, right. Yes, third base and catching coach. I had him as catching coach. Um, Yeah, who actually seems to be extremely well-regarded. I think you're right. So, anyway, uh, Craig, uh, Craig's trying to do a little misdirection on this here, Jason. Um, but. I love, the, I love the question, so we're going with it. We're three weeks or so away from the winter meetings, and the Reds are showing up being linked to every player that can be had and their pockets, jingling and ready to spend. Exciting times. Craig's right about that, isn't he?
0: He is. It is exciting.
1: Craig's question to us, though, here at Red Lake Nation Radio. With Barnes & Noble doing the 50% off all Criterion sale, have you been able to use some of the Reds' future payroll to get your hands on some of the best films known to man that now have new restoration and beautiful packaging? If so, which titles? <laughs> <laughs> that's a misdirection but it's aimed right at me i don't know if you got any thoughts about it but the criterion collection uh you know last year my my wife got me for christmas uh, several uh alfred hitchcock criterion uh movies and i'll tell you some movies that i've seen recently that i'm going to be requesting for christmas this year and i hope my wife has already uh, secured these here here, are, here you go craig uh the Apu trilogy it's a, from the 1950s. It's a, an Indian uh, director Satyajit Ray, I think is how you pronounce his name, and just an incredible trilogy about a, it's about the life of this kid Apu. He's uh, you know four years old when it starts, and it's all the way up through um, adulthood. And it's just uh, insanely good. All three of them are good. The first and third ones are, uh, which are Father uh, Panchali, and then the last one is The World of a Those are the best. Also, The Third Man. The Third Man, one of my favorite movies of all time, which is uh, Orson Welles, and just uh, incredible. So, uh, But if you're going to Barnes & Noble, what about picking up a copy of The Big 50? The Men in Moments. that this picking Cincinnati
0: up Reds. a copy of The Big 50. All right,
1: all right thanks for the question, uh, Craig. And that's a reminder that your questions don't have to be just about the Reds. Uh, whatever, send us questions. We'll try to... We'll try to get him on. We're going to go to Joseph Prince now. And uh, again, this is one for you, Jason, because the subject line of uh, Joseph Prince's email was. You know, was,
0: I have to interrupt you here, Chad. And I do have to point out that I feel, you know, I don't know what all we'll get to in terms of questions. We might not have time for everybody today. But, but just scanning through the document that we keep, I feel like listener mail is, is really mounting quite a strong challenge to be your mail.
1: It's making a comeback.
0: My 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 people have found me, and I welcome them. And you know, we will overthrow the
1: entrenched and corrupt power structure. <laughs> well, as it is now, I have the power. I make the rules. It's viewer mail. But Joseph's uh, subject line was listener, parentheses not viewer, mail. Joseph again, another traitor. But I appreciate the uh, the email. Joseph says, "Love the podcast and sight, Been a fan since the Big Red Machine." Uh, although the last few seasons have produced an apathy that not even the 1982 Reds managed to imbue in me. I get that. While the Reds haven't always made the best decisions, you think, I feel some of the problems in baseball are due to the economics currently in the game. Even if payroll were to jump to $150 million, the Reds would not be in the top 10 for payroll. Do you think there's a way to make the playing field more level that has a real chance of actually making it past both ownership and the players' association? What are your thoughts, Jason? Um, well, I think if
0: you look at baseball's recent history, say the last 20 or 25 years, among the, the major professional sports, um, it tends to be the most um, competitive. It, you know, it, it, you, That's where you see the most turnover in terms of playoff teams and, and World Series winners and, and things like that. You, you haven't had a lot of dynasties in that era. You have some teams that are sort of repeat in the playoffs, fairly consistent. Consistently, pretty much everybody has had a turn in the last, you know, in the last twenty years or so. Um, I think that it's kind of, um, I, you know, my official opinion on this, and I, I basically said it earlier in the podcast, so I won't try to belabor it too much. But you know, Major League Baseball right now is, I think it's it's more apt to think of it as. 30 people who own a share in a corporation. Um, there are a lot of revenues that come in that are not team specific. Um, and I think that we have to assume, unless we are given evidence to the contrary, given the way that teams grow in value, that, that the owners are making a good amount of money. Otherwise, they're, the businesses that they're buying wouldn't be quadrupling or quintupling in value over the span of, you know, 10 years or whatever. So... Eh, I don't know. I'm not that worried about it. I think that I think that until an owner proves otherwise, we assume they can spend the money they want to spend.
1: I think that's uh, really uh, sort of the way that I, I I think about it. When you look at uh, competitive balance in baseball, tell me a team that's not had a shot over the last ten years. Yeah. I mean, really. Uh, what about uh, football? You know, there are teams that haven't. Uh, basketball, there are teams that haven't uh you know in terms of teams that make the playoffs and have a legitimate shot at being competitive I, you know i'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of someone that really just has not been in the mix and uh, i don't think there's anyone that i can think of that you would call a low payroll team that hasn't had a shot yeah. so uh, the flip side is every single ownership group in baseball has seen the value of their franchise rise Every single one of them, including the Reds, who have been pretty uniformly awful recently, are now worth more than a billion dollars. So the yeah. question really just is, uh, is the owner going to be willing to spend money to make his product a better product, a more palatable product for viewers? If so, and I think they're all able to do that, if so, then that's a team that can be uh, productive even under this current system. Are the Reds ever going to have as much to spend as the Yankees? No. No. But I don't know that the, the sort of the difference in terms of what we're paying on in terms of Major League payroll is that vast. I think the Reds could have a Yankees payroll if they wanted to. Yeah, I think so, too. I think their profit
0: margins would be a lot slimmer than the Yankees' profit margins are with their payroll. But yeah,
1: Exactly. I, I tend to agree. But you, you say 30 uh, different, uh, uh, you know, members of, the, of a corporation. Uh, stockholders, basically, of a corporation. There's a lot of this money that's being shared, too, in terms of the the television money. It's uh,
0: it's important to remember that that a lot of the revenue that comes in is MLB revenue, and that gets distributed amongst the teams.
1: Yeah, so, yes, the Yankees uh, with their Yes Network, and just the fact that they're in uh, Gotham, yes, they're going to be like that. But you know what? The New York Mets, have you heard of them? (laughs) Yes, yeah. Straight garbage. They really are. terrible, And they've got all kinds of money. Yep. They're almost in New York too. I mean, they're in Queens. That's kind of like New York. Ooh. Ooh. Come Chad on. is trying to make some people angry. Nah, there's nobody from New York listening to this podcast, except possibly our old buddy, Richard Fitch. You know that guy, right? I do know that guy. He, mm-hmm. he might, he might be giving us a listen somewhere. Yeah. Good guy. All right. So, uh, thanks for the question there. Uh, Joseph Prince, although, again, I think that you are adding you to my list of people to ban from downloading the podcast. Because I think you
0: are a fine and upstanding citizen, Mr. Prince. Oh. And then submit your questions whenever you feel that you have something to say.
1: Jeff Walter has a question for, as he calls it, viewer mail. Jeff's on my uh, on my nice list. He's not on the naughty list. Jeff asks... I've heard often that it is hard for the Reds to attract free agent pitching because they play in a hitter's park. Conversely, doesn't it stand to reason that the park should help the Reds attract free agent hitting? What would you think of a strategy where the Reds trade players like Scooter, Shevler, and Winkler? Winkler. Henry Winkler. The Fonz. No, no, no. Jesse Winker. Jeff Walter uh, spelled it right. I just pronounced it wrong. Trade guys like that for pitching and sign bounce-back candidates like Brian Dozier, Neil Walker, Curtis Granderson, or Carlos Gonzalez on short-term deals. A little bit to unpack there, uh, Jason. My thoughts are you know, if the Reds are going to really pursue any free agent hitters, it would seem like that uh, the fact that they're at Great American Ballpark would be a, um, you know, assist their efforts. Although, Great American Ballpark is really only a hitter's park when it comes to home runs. So you're only talking about attracting big time home run hitters, of which there are a few. But uh, it really plays kind of neutral, other than just home runs, and so I don't know how much that I don't know how much that uh, helps the Reds. But uh, you know, I'm okay with I'm okay with signing uh, hitters. I'm always okay with that. Uh, the specific strategy, I don't know. Um, Jason hates Scooter Jeanette, so he probably wants to trade him. But I'm all for trading guys if they can get back. I'm for trading everybody. Everyone is on the trading block all the time for me if I'm running this team. And, uh but I think that, uh, you know, in some ways I read this email, like should the Reds go to a, a modified Colorado Rockies model where we're just going to get some crazy hitters and we're going to do the best we can on the pitching and, and hope to outscore teams. So anyway, uh, you, you have any thoughts, Jason?
0: Yeah, I think that with, with the exception of maybe teams like the Rockies that, that play in an eight extraordinarily extreme environment uh i don't know i you know i think that I, I just i haven't seen any evidence that the reds can't actually sign free agent pitchers or that free agent pitchers are afraid to come to the reds because frankly the reds are never in on major free agents you know it's it's not like it's not like they've signed major free agent hitters ever right. i mean can you think of one free agent hitter who was like a top a top free agent that the reds have signed
1: will it Tavares?
0: Like a hitter, hitter, H-I-T-T-E-R. He got a hit once. I saw it. I was there in the park. Yeah. But anyway, you're making my point for me. (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah. They're never in on anybody. So, you know, it's, I I don't necessarily buy the pitchers don't want to come here thing. I think that pitchers want to, I think pitchers like most players want to come where they're going to be the best compensated. And I also think that it's worth mentioning at this point that the game has progressed to the point that everybody understands that hitting 340 in Colorado is not the same as hitting 340 in San Diego. Or that, you know, uh, a 350 ERA in Colorado is not the same maybe as a 350 ERA in Boston. You know, different different clubs are different and different stadiums are different. and, And I think everybody at this point pretty well understands that.
1: The conventional wisdom is that it's hard for the Reds to attract free agent pitching. But I think I'm like you. Uh, I'm not sure why that has become the conventional wisdom. A certain type of pitcher is not going to be successful at Great American Ballpark. Okay? Yep. Somebody that gives up a lot of fly balls, probably not going to be successful because those balls do go over the fence at uh, Great American. Or as John Heyman calls it, Great America. Yes. But it's not like good pitchers haven't... Uh, been able to pitch well in Cincinnati. you know, and we're you know, Johnny Cueto is one of the best pitchers in Reds history, but that's a guy who was successful. Uh, Luis Castillo shows every sign of being a successful pitcher. I think if you're a good pitcher, you can pitch there. Tell me pitchers who were really good but came to pitch for the Reds and were awful because of Great American Ballpark, or pitchers who were bad at Great American and then went somewhere else and were good because they got out of Great American. Name, Tell me one pitcher like that. I cannot think of a single one. Yeah, I just, I think it's a conventional wisdom, but I don't know that it's true. I don't know that the data backs it up. So um, here's what I say, uh, Jeff. Let's go out and track all the free agent pitching. Hash Brown, get the pitching. Dallas Keuchel, right now, and also go out and uh, and get uh, free agent hitters if there's somebody that makes sense for the Reds lineup. <laughs> let's be on everybody. Let's spend some money. I'm 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 with you. Let's do it. All right. All right, let's see. what. Uh, where are we in terms of time, Jason? Uh, I think we can squeeze in at least one more here. You want to go with uh, Spencer Brackman? Let's go with Spencer Brackman. Spencer Brackman, whose uh, subject line was <laughs> viewer mail. Which I don't know about this guy now,
0: but fine. Mark <laughs> made the decision. I guess you might as well stick to it.
1: Well, it's an interesting question because it's something we've uh, talked about a little bit. Uh, Spencer asks... I know you guys have discussed your displeasure with how Major League Baseball goes about marketing to the younger generation of fans within the past few podcasts. However, I also feel the league may lose out on more viewers slash fans if the game becomes more lengthy to watch because of frequent pitching changes. With multiple teams now implementing bullpen days and starting relief pitchers, do you think that Major League Baseball should make regulations about pitching to maintain the viewing interests of the game? I would say no, says Spencer, because I'm interested in the upcoming Pitching Revolution, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Um, I have some thoughts on this one, Jason. Do you have some thoughts? I, I have some thoughts. Well, do uh, you want to do them, or you want me to? You want me to hit it? I can. I can
0: go first, and then you can agree or disagree with me. Okay, I'll just
1: go ahead and disagree with you now, and then let you. Uh... Good. Good to know. All right. So, yeah, uh, eh,
0: is is kind of my thought. I I think that you know I saw an article recently that pointed out that the average length of time it takes to play a major league baseball game has averaged within like 10 or 15 minutes of three hours for 40 years. Um, so to a large extent, the the, the notion that, that the games are, are super long or whatever now is, it, it's one of those things that is conventional wisdom. that isn't necessarily backed up enormously by fact. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's an issue. And I don't, I don't think that the pitching changes are really going to slow it down all that much. Um, I know that baseball is worried about pace of play stuff, but again, like, I don't think I think they're they're making a mountain out of a molehill, frankly. I think, you know, market your stars better as is this this question references, I, I think is a good route to go. Um, but I also think like, you know, I mean, if I'm gonna be curmudgeonly, my issue is not with all the pitching changes. It's with the lack of balls in play. I personally think that baseball is more interesting if there are balls in play. Um and I don't know what changes could happen to make within the game to make that, you know, more frequent, but uh, I'm not too worried about it, I guess is what it comes down to. I think, I think baseball has been dying pretty much my entire life as far as I know. So I've kind of, I've kind of lost the the baseball is dying stories at this point.
1: I have an opinion and uh, I concede that I I may be wrong. It may just be that I'm an old man uh, shouting at a cloud, but, uh, I don't think the current game is particularly fun to watch. And is that because I grew up in a different generation? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, I grew up watching baseball in the you know, sort of, you know, late 80s, early 90s was when I really uh was into it and uh which is impossibly old to some of you and probably to uh Spencer Brackman, but I just, because the ball's in play and the pitching changes and a lot of different reasons, I don't think it's as much fun to watch. The playoffs to me this year, and I love the baseball playoffs and I love the World Series, it's not a great product, I'm afraid. Um, And for me to be saying that, that's something because I'm obviously, I care enough about baseball that we talk about it every week here. Now, but I can see that maybe it's just me being, uh, you know, of a different uh, generation, and I also can see that I'm part of the problem if that's if that's the case, because I, for years I've been screaming sabermetrics, and you know Moneyball, and uh, and that's what's caused the game to go in the direction that it's gone. So maybe I'm part of the problem. I think baseball should consider some rules, some rule changes. I don't know if it's uh, rule changes regarding uh, the the frequent pitching changes or something else, uh, like you say to. Encourage more balls in play. I just think, uh, I think it's a better game. Like you said, it's a better game when more balls are in play, and it's just a more entertaining game. And after all, this is an entertainment industry. Uh, it, we sort of lose sight of that. This is, you know, this Very
0: good, is. Chad, and I don't say that often, but. Yeah. You seem to have made an actual valid point.
1: <laughs> At some point, you have to make some uh, concessions to, uh, to the viewing public. And, um, uh, you know, they did it when, uh, they lowered the mound, you know, uh, at times maybe you have to adjust. I don't think, I don't have any problem with that. Other sports do it. And so I do think that, uh, something has to give. I don't think baseball's dying. I think there's a lot of alarmists. I do think though, that they should be discouraged by the fact that attendance is down at so many places. And, uh, and if guys like me are saying that it's not as much fun to watch, that's probably, probably something to think about because I, I'm as big a baseball fan as you'll find. Anyway, uh, one last question because uh, Scott Ledridge, your friend and mine, Scott uh, wrote a really uh, short question, a quick uh, pithy question, and so to reward him, I'm going to answer his question. Those that we didn't get to this week, we'll leave them on our list. We'll try to get to them at some point. But uh, the ones that are not answered are all pretty much uh, too long to get to. So Scott Ledridge asks, With the Reds unlikely to improve 20 games in one season and acquiring a pitcher through trade with multiple years of control being supremely expensive, would it be more advantageous to wait a year? Okay, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and take this one first, then I'll let you weigh in since you took the last one. I disagree with the premise. Here. I don't think the Reds are unlikely to improve 20 games in one season. Teams do it all the time. Just about every year, some team improves 20 games in one season. Is it likely? Yeah, maybe not. But I don't think that uh, it's uh, as impossible as the question makes it seem. Um, I think acquiring a pitcher through trade with multiple years of control being supremely expensive, okay, maybe that's true. Oh, you got to do it. That's why you acquire... Uh, assets, minor league assets, to get a pitcher through trade with multiple years of control. So I think the Reds can do that. So my answer to would it be more advantageous to wait a year would be no. I'm tired of waiting. Uh, how many 90 loss seasons do we have to endure to uh, before we start getting uh, winning baseball? So uh, I, I think that the Reds should be going quote-unquote all-in right now. I thought they should have done it last year. So so I guess last year the Reds decided to wait a year. Uh, I can't take another year. So, thoughts, Jason?
0: Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think the time is now.
1: Maybe they aren't
0: particularly likely to improve 20 games, but if they do nothing and then they're a 72-win team or whatever next season, they're in the same boat. You know, At some point you've got to be like, no, 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 we're going to get better now.
1: Yeah, let's go get good players. And then yeah. if we don't improve uh twenty games, then we've still got some good players and more to build on next offseason. Yes. So I don't know. I just I think now's the time to really make a push. And I don't know if it's a playoff push this year. I hope so. I do see how that could happen, but at least a push towards being more competitive. And I'm encouraged by the uh what we're seeing. So anyway, Jason, that's all the viewer mail questions for tonight. Did you enjoy answering viewer mail questions?
0: Uh, I always enjoy answering listener mail questions, Chad. Uh, Always. And keep the listener mail questions coming. Priority
1: (laughs) to all listener mail questions. Oh, my gosh. That's the last time I'll ask an English teacher to come on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is Red Leg Nation Radio. Thank you for listening (laughs) once again. What's that, Jason? said you can't get anybody else, and we both know. (laughs) That's, That's your biggest qualification. That you're willing to be here uh, for the amount that I pay you. Uh, this is Red Lake Nation Radio, uh, the uh, uh, a Cincinnati Reds podcast, and the world's most dangerous podcast. I want to thank everybody again for listening, downloading, and you've got a lot of things you can do with your time these days. And the fact that so many of you, uh, and more each week, are listening to the podcast and taking time out of your busy lives to listen to us, uh, you know, jabber on about cincinnati reds baseball uh, it means a lot to to all of us here at red leg nation radio uh, me and jason and uh, and uh, bill lack and of course doug gray's here with us often and just everybody that's involved we really do appreciate it uh, you can subscribe everywhere itunes stitcher i think you should be able to subscribe to red leg nation radio na- now on spotify so i think that's supposed to be live today or by the time you download this, that we're going to be on Spotify as well. If you have, uh, especially iTunes, if you'll go and leave, because most downloads come from iTunes, for what it's worth. So if, if you can go there, leave us a five-star review and a uh, if you leave us a funny uh, a funny review that gives us five stars, I'm going to try to go through those and we'll read a few of them. So uh, if you do that, we'd really appreciate it because it does help us uh, get exposed to more listeners, but uh, just I'm so gratified by the the way you guys keep listening and how devoted you guys are, and I appreciate you. emailing us at Chad Dotson at RedLegNation.com uh, with your questions and your thoughts. And even if you don't have a question, just send us your thoughts. I read every email we get. Uh, I may not always be able to answer them, but I'd certainly read every single one of them. You can find us at RedLegNation.com every single day talking about the Reds. I'm We're at Red Radio on Twitter, at RedLegNation, obviously, on Twitter. And uh, he's Jason Linden, at Jason Linden on Twitter. I'm uh, at Dotson C, DotsonC, D-O-T-S-O-N-C. And we just talking dumb stuff all day long on uh, that horrible mess of a website, twitter.com. Do you have any closing thoughts for us, Jason? Get the pitching, hash brown. Hash brown, get the pitching. For Jason Linden and Dallas Keuchel, this is Chad Dotson yeah. saying so long, everyone.